This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hello and welcome to Front Office Features. I am uh, Rob Crane and Chris Valente and I are back together once again. Uh, hey Chris, how are you? What's up Rob? Welcome back from San Diego. It is uh, much colder and Rainier, crappier here. Icier. Icier. Everything's gross, awful. New England. Gross. So before we dive so, into, I'm sure my, let's, let's start can with Can we just big... talk, I, I want, how's your hand? Uh, it sucks, but it's fine. It's 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 annoying. I've had the surgery. Uh, everyone saw the picture as I posted waiting for surgery that day. In the, I was yes. literally laying there <laughs> getting ready to go to surgery. Um, it was a successful surgery. I have pins in my fingers holding them in place. I have this. How many pins? Uh, two pins in my middle finger that they're like you can see they're shoved in the top almost like a shish kebab, and then one pin in my ring and one finger in my um, index, and then the process to take them out. Is, is pretty awful, so I might have to have another surgery because it's usually just one finger they say you break typically, but I have all three, so <laughs> likely going under the knife again. Um, I have this soft s- splint that covers my hand. That well, it's not soft; it's hard. But they molded it to my hand, and I'm one-handed. You have like I can't a drive. You have yeah, like a glove. It looks like yeah. Well, I'm wearing a mitten because <laughs> literally my hand is freezing because I have like no circulation. So my left oh hand my God. is just freezing so i have a mitten on to kind of just keep my hand warm and then like it's covered with this hard splint to protect it and then uh, i can't drive so um i can't really type so that's been challenging uh but otherwise <laughs> yeah, imagine it, uh the, the stop taking painkillers a little while ago but uh it's the physical therapy's great you know as always but uh, all in all i'm fine so you're getting the pins out, so you're not going to, like, beep in an airport, right? So, no, they're supposed to come. Well, the middle finger, we don't know what's up with that one because that one I, I can't even really do much therapy with because that was the most messed up one. So that one is still fully, like, in terms of pinned or rot all the way down to my knuckle, so I can't bend that one yet. So we don't know what's to come uh, until after the new year when I have a follow-up appointment. When you shower, do you have to like cover the hand or? No, I'm not. I did originally, but now I don't. I'm past that point, so I can clean the hand. But it's uh, it's really just more of a new like not being able to drive or tie your shoes or change a diaper, which I guess isn't the worst thing in the world. Um, <laughs> it's just annoying. It's 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 more of a nuisance than anything. It's it's more inconvenient. I'm so freaking lucky that that's all it is because every story from the PT people and the doctor was like. We get snowblowers incidences about 10 to 15 a year, and they're usually missing a digit or have completely lost control of their hands. So I was very lucky. Oh, my God. 
It's unbelievable. Uh, I'm so thankful that you uh, have you'll be able to have full use of your hand. Uh, uh, you know, uh, after obviously some uh, heck of some PT, but uh, man, it's it's a pain in the ass now. But it's just so lucky. So while I was getting surgery and drugged up on opioids in another world for a little while, you were golfing on Tory Pines. Yes, I was. Yes, I was. Uh, so I love golf more than most things. Yeah, you already you uh, said I, you can't wait to golf every day of your life, and I told you that's called retirement. Yeah, and I'm I'm anxious to retire already. Uh, I, I I could pl- I love playing golf so much, and so my old colleague, my Jeff Sinnett, uh, and I, he now works for the Oakland A's. We he asked me to go play Tory Pines, and I said, uh, "Hell yeah, let's go play Tory Pines," and um, and the day that we go is forecasted to rain. It rains five days a year in uh, San Diego. It never rains. It never rains. And on Sunday, it rained most of the time. And then uh, it rained, and it just kind of a nuisance rain. Uh, it rained probably for the thir- first three or four holes. And uh, and then it was kind of cloudy and overcast, and then would clear up a little bit, cloudy and overcast, clear up a little bit. But Tory Pines, I didn't care. It could pour on me like uh here's a movie reference for you caddyshack oh yeah uh, god and... would never ruin this round <laughs> <laughs> the good lord the good lord uh heavy stuff's not coming down for a while uh <laughs> so you've seen that movie i have seen that movie yes. okay all right uh, and uh and opened up and jeff and i and his um his two buddies uh we had a great time um and it was a lot of fun uh, Torrey Pines was gorgeous, uh, you know, all on the ocean. Every hole had a view of the ocean. Some ran across it. Some looked like you were literally hitting the ball into the ocean. Um, the rough was so thick, though, that, um, you know, you'd hit a drive into the normal rough on your hole. And I probably lost four or five balls because the rough was so thick that you could not find your golf ball. That's so annoying. When you know oh. it's, you know where it it's, it's is. right over there, it's but you right have no there. idea. You probably stepped on it three or four times. That's like fall um, golf here in the New England, right? When the leaves are on the ground, you're like, le- it's, yeah, it's no not idea. that far. I know where it is, but you can't. Should I? I should have played with uh, yellow, yellow balls ball or something. Yep, uh, or something. But uh, so was it everything you hoped it would be? And more. It was so great. What'd you shoot? Uh, we, uh, I shot 94. That's great for Tory Pines. First time it's out. Great for Tory Pines. I usually kind of shoot in the uh, upper 80s. Um, I will say this: there was two mulligans a hole, uh, not two mulligans a hole. Oh, two I was mulligans. Like, wow, you shot a ninety-four. <laughs> Never <laughs> no, mind, no, no, that no. wasn't very good. No, 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 two mulligans. You got one in the front and one in the back. Um, and uh, I shot fifty on the front. I had like an eight and two sevens, but I also had three pars. Um, but then I shot forty-four on the back, uh, just one on the back. So I you got uh, the nerves out. It, it was it, it just haven't played in a while, so you kind of like. Yeah, the, going yeah, the winter and, will do that to us here in New England, right? We don't, yeah. we don't see golf in there five months now unless we could, we'd fly somewhere. Yeah, but the, the uh, I won't be golfing was, anytime soon. So you won't be golfing anytime soon. It's too bad. They told me a uh, year, which I, I'm like, you know, way. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna up my PT. I am not gonna have not use of my full hand for a full year. That's just not happening. We're not. No, you, you'll happen. get that. That's the that's the long version. No, I'm uh, I'm calling they, they, three to four months, and I'm back in action. I'll take the over on three to four <laughs> months, but uh, as I look at your claw, um, the uh, so 
that was it, we walked too. We didn't take a cart. We walked, and uh, so you oh that, that's awesome. So that was even better. Uh, kind of get the whole experience, right? How many times in my life am I going to play Tory Pines? Probably not very often. No. So we said, let's go the whole thing. We walked. I'm not going to lie, by time 17, it was dark and you were soaking wet and you were, it was. Uh, uh, you were done. You know, you know I, I was done, but I, I could have played. I, I would have played again. It didn't matter. I had so much fun. That's awesome. Uh, it was great. So was you, great. you were then, also very busy out there. I mean,. Every time I look, there was a social post, a, a podcast, and then you spoke to the man of the hour, Matt Ferry. I think the only other person you probably could have got in terms of the story that they had with Garrett Cole, with the Yankees. That was awesome. I mean, yeah, they, they we 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 got we, we got the we scoop. Got good. We got the scoop. We had, we, I was the content king over the uh, uh, over the winter meetings. It was uh, it was a lot of fun. So. Uh, yeah, uh, Matt Ferry and I got to know each other a little bit when I was in Scranton and I got a call from an old Springfield college professor that says, Hey, you know, there's a Springfield grad, uh, in the operations department at the time. He was like a video coordinator. I, I think he was full time, but maybe just a year or two full time and, uh, just graduated. Um, and he came up to Scranton one time and we just kind of hit it off and, you know, we talked about the good old days. It's in, uh, Springfield and, uh, the good old stayed days. in touch. Yeah, the good old days, like blog post number one. Yeah, and uh, we just kind of stayed in touch. And you know, anytime you came up to Springfield, you grab a drink and uh, not Springfield, uh, Scranton, uh, and we just kind of hit it off. So when I said I was doing this podcast, he was always kind of on my list of like he'd be a pretty cool one to get. So then I emailed him, and he said, "Yeah, I think I can do it. I just got to ask." Cashman. I was like, Cashman will say yes. I promise yep, you. Just yep. t- tell him. Tell who him who, who you are. Yeah. And, Comes uh, full circle. It's all so Cashman. He, so Cashman said yes, of course. And uh, I said, did you ask him? Say, hey, he's, Rob's coming for you, and we're gonna have him on the podcast. So one day. Um, and uh, he came into the winter meetings, and we just kind of sat down in the job fair place. I just kind of liked the ambient noise of, uh, you know, the where the job fair was held and he was great. Uh, and, uh, Matt is one of the more professional person I've ever met. Like he, he's, he's a Yankee, right? And, yeah. uh, I, I watched, a, up, I watched a video of him cut on the yes guy. network and he was doing an interview on the yes network talking about baseball, right? And you could just tell he was a New York Yankee employee and just so professional and, by the book, matter of fact, which is kind of because because Cashman doesn't come off kind of like that. Like Cashman's professional, no. but Cashman seems like he's a little bit more laid back compared to the Yankee way. I would say. Yeah. But, yeah uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. But Matt seemed like he was a Yankee. He's a Yankee. I mean, he looks like it, right? I mean, uh, clean cut. You look at clean cut. Uh, Good haircut. You know, kind of buttoned up. Great hair. But he's a Yankee or he's in the military. One of the two. And. Uh, he was great, and uh, he was talking about everything that he does, uh, and he was talking, you know, salary arbitration and stuff that he does there. I mean, he said uh, he didn't say this on the podcast, but uh, he said, "Hey, man, I got to go figure out who we're gonna go talk to and sign later." I was like, "All right, man, you go do your thing." And hell, they signed Garrett Cole I over know. there for a the billion money, dollars. The money that was handed out at the baseball winter meetings, I was gonna see if you found any of it to bring home for front office features because, oh, jeez, anybody who thinks baseball is in trouble. From a financial standpoint, that, yeah, that was out of their mind. I think Boris landed eight hundred and seventy-one million dollars. It's in, incredible. In three days. What do you get? Five percent of that? 
Yeah, he, I think he's a five percent. Most most agents are, I think are a two or three. I think he gets five because I mean clearly he's he's worth it. Yeah, but right. Eight hundred and seventy one million dollars. I mean, Garrett Cole's making. I think I saw like nine thousand dollars a pitch. It's in. Uh, I think he makes like uh, someone said like he makes more than like the NHL minimum in a start or two or something like that. Yeah, it's it's crazy. And once you start breaking it down like that, you make more money um, than anyone. By the way, there's the opposite of that is true. In Battle Creek, I was making sixteen thousand dollars a year, uh, and so he threw. We two, would, he throws two pitches. He makes more than you in a year. <laughs> right. Uh, so we did the opposite of that. It was like. We worked 89 hours, and uh, how many hours? Uh, what is that per paycheck? And then you get really sad when it was like a dollar seventy-five oh, or something like that an hour. It was brutal. incredible. Um, so he was awesome, and uh, it was kind of a unique one for us too, Chris. Is that we haven't had a ops person really yet? So you know, it's kind of it's it was almost perfect timing because oddly enough, I've had a lot of college kids and other folks in the industry reaching out about getting into baseball ops and or ops in general and uh the career path that he took i mean typically you don't go from sales intern into baseball ops but he went to the winter meetings he met probably maybe cashman and i know he mentioned he was at the winter meetings and just the yankees took a flyer on him but uh, the fact that he when he went to the winter meetings didn't go for a sales role and knew what he was there for for the right type of opportunity rather than just like get your foot in the door and hope for the best shows you the path that you need to go down if that's the if that's the real job that you want, because taking the, the ticket sales job from you in, in Worcester isn't going to get you into baseball ops, right? You're no, like, it's not. He, he, you just look at his resume now, and he's ascended within the organization. Like on a, he's like on a rocket ship, which I, I think people should listen to what his work ethic is and, and just understand maybe he's a great person to probably model yourself after. He's probably 10 years younger than us, and he's the director yeah. of baseball ops for the New York Yankees who are handing out $300 million contracts. You, huh. you Google his name, and he was one of the – the people responsible for the Luke Voigt trade and the DJ LeMahieu signing, he convinced Cashman. Um, if you read the art, there's another article online about him. So, if that's the role that you, you really should post want, those articles on Twitter tomorrow. Yeah, no, if that's the role you want and that's the the real dream you're chasing versus just being in the business, follow his advice and go to the winter meetings, meet a, meet a Matt Ferry, impress him while you're there, and and take a chance because. Just taking a job within the industry to hopefully that you get transferred over to baseball ops or hockey ops or football ops ain't happening. Um, yeah, but did you? Uh, he also on you know when uh, the, he was working for Tampa and the team was on the road, he would just go to like Florida State League games and sit next to the scouts and talk to them. Yep. No, he he did it right. I mean, he was an the, he did an internship right and in, as, as, as in yeah. Tampa Bay, and he didn't take a full time job. And the point of internships is to learn what you like and what you don't like, and also. We have told everybody this from day one. Once you get into the organization, the easiest place to network and that you should network is inside your organization. Amen. Go have lunch. Go have coffee. Talk to the people that you're interested in because they provide enough wealth. And if you can't get your own people in your own organization to sit down and talk to you, it's much harder to get other people to talk to you. So use your resources that you have at your fingertips when you're an associate, when you're an intern, and network internally before you even worry about everyone else outside there. Yeah, he uh, he was the like the epitome of everything that we kind of talk about. And then he made up, uh, 
he had people review his scouting reports, good, bad, or indifferent, and he did it in such a humble, professional way. I just love the way that he went about it. So uh, I could gush on and on and on and on about Matt Ferry. And he told me, he's like, after the interview, he goes, uh, Hey man, uh, I gotta go, um, and uh, I've gotta go on uh, on yet on the Yes Network uh, later tonight to talk about what's going on. So I'll uh, I'll catch you later. I was like, Yeah, man, you do you. You are like, uh, it's that's awesome. Just, it's awesome. He's just he's he, he's great. By the way, um, before we get to the other stuff, back to back Springfield uh, Springfield College interviews. We had Matt Ferry. Uh, and then uh, what on this uh, uh, Tuesday yesterday uh, we just I had Larson Segerdahl, the guy who runs the, the Valero, Valero Texas Open. Uh, he is uh, uh, it was uh, it's pretty it's uh, I I need to I think deepen my network right because I'm only talking to Springfield College guys. Hey, when you put out uh, good quality individuals into the workplace, that 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 network's not going to run out. So. I mean, I, I still have your dream job is, is 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 working at a golf tournament that you can just have unlimited. No, golf. the guy. The first thing he said in the podcast was, "I said you." I, I said the same thing. I was like, "I play golf six days a week," and he goes, uh, "I played golf twice." I was like, "What do you mean you play golf twice? Does he not like he goes, golf? Yeah, he just what'd you say? Does he not golf? Like no, he likes golf too. He just uh, you know he." Can't get away from it, you know what I mean? So, and he's got, he could probably go play wherever the hell he wants to play, yes. whenever he wants to play, and you got schmucks like me dying to do it. Well, but we, I guess... work, we work with the PGA at TPC Boston for that event that we run every other year now, and uh, we those guys get on the, I think they feel like they can go on the course like every Friday afternoon, and they just get like nine in and just play, like because they have their, their fingers, and they can go yeah. to any TPC course in the country, and they just do it. I would do that in a New York second. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but two uh, times he golfed two times. How is it even this possible? year? Two, twice. It's it's uh, it's unbelievable. But even it's like prospecting, like people would always we'd always be like, hey, do you want to go get a round on the course and like try and sell them while you're out on the course? It's the easiest way to do it. Yeah. No. And, we gotta uh, give Larson. We gotta give Larson some sales tips. <laughs> right. Uh, but he would go and uh, you know what I was interested with Larson too is like how the hell do you get players? Right. I don't. I don't. I know nothing about the golf world. Like how do you get? He had. He has big guys go there. Rory McIlroy uh, play in his tournament. He, uh, I think Dustin Johnson played in his tournament. Um, you know how you get players? How's that? Big purses. Right. Uh, Money. But still, but it's his tournament's the week before uh, Week before the Masters. Yeah, a little tune-up. Got to get that yeah, tune-up right? in. But um, by the way, did you – I don't know if we even talked. We got Chile and Bolivia as listeners now. You know, we're we're big in South America. Chile, and if you go, if you dive even deeper, we're in Val Valparaiso and Santiago in Chile, and in Bolivia, yeah, yeah. and we're uh, more European countries too. Yeah, I think and I saw too. Coach Chabamba in Bolivia. Coach Chabamba, big front office features, <laughs> big, big, unbelievable. Big. All right, um, what else was I gonna say? Oh. Uh, what did you think about the uh, job seekers? So, yeah, I'll just kind of churn them out. Let's let's talk about our job seeker friends. Um, shocking that not one person, not one, said sales. Right? Am I, did no, I, not- I uh, yeah, I don't think one wanted to, and then one was maybe looking at um, the Texas Rangers as a sales thing. He was the sa- he was a sales kid. You know Amanda Weaver, who's helping um, yep. mm-hmm. with video. It was her boyfriend. He, you think he's a sales kid? Yeah, he seemed like a sales kid. Did he want to do sales though? 
Yeah, I think he deep down wanted to. I just don't think that they knew. He kind of knew what was going on uh, when it comes to that. But it's that when word. You look at him, you it go. It just scares people, right? That word. Sales. Sale, sale, scale, the sales scared me when I was in college, right? I was like, I don't want to go sell stuff. Insurance people sell stuff. That right. seems ridiculous. No, yeah, no, uh, we need a better but word. It's, so, but one of the can I tell you a crazy story that happened there? Oh, absolutely. I'm, this is this is this is what the, I'm here for. This is what you're here for. So. Usually, the job fair um, was tougher this year. I don't know if it's because I'm in Rhode Island, teams in, excuse me, in Rhode Island, and um, uh, we were in San Diego. Um, but usually, we get like 30, 40, 50 resumes. This year, we had three, literally three in our little bucket. It was a tough, tough year. Um, so, one of the kids, he did a great job leading up to it, found out that we were going to the baseball winter meetings. He went to Dean College. In Franklin, Massachusetts. And um, Dean College is a sponsor of the uh, Pawtucket Red Sox. And as part of that sponsorship, for two years, I actually taught a class at Dean College. Okay? Mm -hmm. And um, it was event management. It was this crazy class. It was like three credits, but it was a week long. So we were in the classroom for like eight hours. And the whole thing was... Four days in the classroom, and then on the fifth day is a group project where you basically take the whole week and present to us, okay? And that group project on that fifth day is worth, like, 50% of your grade. Basically, that's your that, that's the whole thing. That's the crescendo. Yep. So I get introduced to this guy, and he goes, um, I see from Dean College. I said, hey, how are you? I'm Rob Crane. And he goes, we've actually met before. I said, oh, we have. And he goes, uh, yeah, I, uh, I took your class at Dean College. And I said, oh, well, great. And I jokingly said, did you pass? <laughs> and he goes, uh, nope, I failed. And, wow. uh, and I said, I failed one kid. And I was like, you're the kid. He went to all four days, right? He went to four days, Monday through yep. Thursday. And on the fifth day, no show, no call. What? Right, right, right. That was him. That's what happened. How, That's what he did. How is that possible? It, he said he slept through his alarm and all uh, other stuff, and he was very apologetic. Uh, it was a few years ago, but uh, right. So I was jokingly say, "Did uh, well? Did you pass? No, I failed." Oh, that's, <laughs> you were like that was an easy layup question. You it was an easy one. layup question. Plus, if I didn't know who you were before, freaking lie to me, right? Yeah, like oh, oh yeah, 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 straight yeah. A's, I, man. I aced it. I aced it. I aced it. And nope, well, you know he's uh he was honest. So, <laughs> he was honest. He failed so my Dean college him? class. Uh no no. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, uh, uh, if you're listening. <laughs> I hope he's, no, I hope he's not, not listening. Are you? Uh, uh, well, uh, I don't know if that was an HR violation, but you found out on a podcast. You didn't, <laughs> yeah. you didn't get hired. Oh jeez, how did you find out you didn't get hired? I listened to this great podcast called Front Office Features. Uh, I, I think we just found another one star review, Rob. I don't know if we're going to get five star from him. We have one one star review now. We're going to have two by the end of this. I'll have to hire him. All right, you're hired at Fenway. You didn't get the Pawtucket job, but we'll give you a Red Sox job. Uh, you know, no, who knows? The door's always open. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, good answer. We'll, good we'll, HR we'll, comeback. We'll, 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 <laughs> Uh, but anyway, that uh, that story made me laugh when uh, when it when it happened. But uh, it was crazy how many. Uh, there's always a ton of broadcasters there, and there's always a ton of uh, media PR. Like literally, when I did that uh, podcast, was just talking to random people. I was literally sitting at a round table 
and all of these job seekers were around, and I would just say, hey, come here. I do a podcast, sit down and listen uh, and talk <laughs> to me. And they're looking at me like, who in God's green earth are you? <laughs> and uh, I could just picture this. Yeah. And they were like, what's your podcast called? Front office features. Listen to it. And uh, uh, yeah, they thought I was a lunatic. And, That's okay. Uh, which is great, which is perfect because I got their raw like emotion, um, which I, I thought turned out pretty fun. No, I, I think in terms of just being where you were and getting the people that we're trying to talk to and tell their stories, it was perfect. Yeah, it was kind of it was kind of fun to do. It was kind of hard to squeeze it in in the uh, the uh, time allotted, uh, but it. Uh, you mean in between it, your it was, rounds on the Tory Pines golf course, it was very hard to find time to do some interviews. Yeah, I would I would I would have said screw front office features <laughs> and go play Tory Pines again if I uh, if I could. Um, so we. Uh, what's your What's your number? I mean, beyond the Augusta, what's your What's your number one course that you, you want to play? Um, that's a great question. Um, I don't know. I'd have to probably research a little bit. I I would say it's probably Pebble Beach. Oh, I I think that's a doable one. Yeah, that's a do. That's definitely. Uh, do- I mean, Augusta's you gotta like know the president. There's right? one down in North Carolina too. Um, Hilton Head. That's where most of the AHL league meetings are. There every year, the board of governors always had in Hilton Head. They go down for a week, and uh, they all just go golfing. But no, oh, I would do it. In, yeah, I. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I it's one of those things that uh, if there's a game that was made for me, right? It is a game that is outside. It is I'm very competitive, and so I'm very competitive with myself uh, and playing the game. But it's also like the most social game ever. Like you're gonna be in a cart with somebody for three hours yep. and three two hours. other that's people. A quick, that's a quick round. Yeah, right? four hours, five hours. And you're going to be in the cart with two other people. And every time that you end a, a round of golf, you're going to go have drinks and dinner or something like that after. Yeah. Uh, I love all of those things. Every single one. I like talking to people. I like having drinks. I like eating dinner. I, I, that is, golf is just perfect. Well, unfortunately, like I said, for the next about three or four months, months you are stuck inside. Welcome to New England. I know. I'm gonna, I, I want to uh, I want to change that. i got to find one of those golf simulator places. Oh, there's one by me. I did that a couple of years ago. We were... Was that good? Uh, Dr. Green's, it was called. And we, you just like go inside and play in every course. And it was, like it a was video. Good. Yeah. Right? It was oh. something to do. The drinking, food, golf. Just indoors. Yeah. All of those are, all of those are good. Um, so... Are you at work now? What are you? What's your game uh, I'm plan? I'm working from what's home. Life? I've been I've been to the office. Uh, well, right after my surgery, talk about dedication. I'm gonna give myself a pat on the back. Right after my surgery, that Monday, had a big meeting with Reebok uh, about the Fenway Bowl game, and I went. <laughs> Did you really? Yes, uh, I went in, had my wife take me to the office, drop me off. Stopped taking my pain meds the day before so I could be clear-headed for the meeting because it was a significant <laughs> meeting with people at Reebok. And I went and I powered through it. It was a two-hour meeting. Uh, hour, yeah. hour, hour and a half. I don't know. It was a long meeting. It sounded like, seemed like eight hours because um, my hand was at the, by the end was definitely feeling it because I had just had the surgery. So I, I went to work that Monday. I didn't go back in the rest of the week. Uh, and then I've been – oh, no, maybe I did. I think I forget. I don't even know what day it is. Yeah. This whole time's flying 
but then uh, I'm going back in tomorrow and, and the rest of the, the last three days. And then we shut down, which is really nice, uh, for two weeks starting Friday when we don't go back to work till the second. So it's so much kind of happened at a opportune time but um <laughs> no it didn't no 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 well it snowed now twice since and i haven't been able to go outside and shovel so there's that uh oh, there you go but yeah no it's um i'm kind of in work i typing i'm typing like the one-handed one finger should get like, one of those uh like a siri thing that the talk to text thing i have to I, yes. yeah i haven't been i need to do that but i'm hoping by the time i come back in the new year i'm going out to ces in uh, Vegas, right after we get back, actually, What's computer electronic show, uh, consumer or, uh, electronic, cons- consumer electronic yeah. Show. So, be meeting with Facebook out there again in Hulu, um, going with two people from the office. So, we'll be there for actually for like I think like four days, which is a long time to be in Las Vegas. Long, uh, <clears throat> yeah, but so with Reebok, are you here to break any news about the uh, bowl game? No, I'm, no, features? no. It's just one of those things that, that all positive yeah. meetings, is, but moving forward in a good way. Um, but no news, unfortunately. Uh, it's all right. You'll be the first to know. Um, uh, our listeners shall. Yeah. So um, that's all. It's all been very. It's all. It's there's a lot of moving parts with that one. Um, the bowl game is a new endeavor we've taken on. So it's getting people to wrap their head around how massive of this thing is uh and college football in the northeast has been a challenge for a long time in terms of just it's just not as big as it is obviously down south but uh being that it's a bowl game and the it'll be the more northernmost of its kind and the coldest one of its kind because well maybe not the coldest because idaho has a bowl game uh but you, typically it's been yankee stadium with the only other one that's in a cold weather so uh it'll be interesting to see if we get some snowstorms next year with the green monster in the background which would be cool but uh yeah no news unfortunately i wish that we would be having some celebratory drinks right now at a reebok fenway bowl secure yeah right they um and you guys are i started uh i started to see that the fenway ambassadors are the uh uh you start accepting associates i'm sorry yeah no yeah Uh, that program just started accepting applications it did it's the uh, one of the hardest programs for sure at this point to get into Based on the competitiveness and the, and the uh, placement rate that we have afterwards, so people. So what what do you think? You know, we're always talking about uh, separating yourself. Yep. What separates a good one who is at least considered? Right, not to say that everyone gets chosen, but even if you get an interview, you've done well. Um, yeah. So from someone like that, from someone who doesn't even get spoken to. So. The, the role is mainly, so this is nothing to do with ticket sales. It's all about corporate sales and for the, the sales associate program. And then there's also the event program, which will people who would work on the bowl game. And then there's also the the program on the consulting side. So if you're interested in working on the brand side, we have a, a position for that as well. The people who get considered specifically on the corporate sales side are, are, are folks who have taken time to get somewhat relevant experience before they're graduated. So this is a postgraduate program. Most are usually right out of college, um, but while they were in college, they found ways to do internships around this type of work, made connections in the business to have a better story to tell because there's shockingly, and this is, I've actually been shocked by this, there's a lot of folks who do come through the door with a relevant experience, even right out of college, which that's is hard, right. which is hard to do in corporate sales, right? Because that's, yeah, right. that's harder, that's harder to crack, but we do have a lot of kids who apply who actually have gone out of their way to make sure they have it on their resume. And most of them who usually get at least a good, decent look 
have talked to myself or someone else within Fenway as just an informational interview about the program or about sports in general and left a good positive mark that we then tell the folks who are doing the initial screening, I like that person and that person was okay. Because there's a lot of there's a lot of applications who come through. So the, there's two individuals who kind of weed everybody out to start. So they're always looking for our feedback um, before they even get to that that phase because it's it's a big endeavor that they undertake. Yeah, it's uh, how many applications do you think you get? Uh, I think we get around three fifty to four hundred. Um, I thought it was that's just for uh, it's crazy. Well, it's post grad, so think about it. yeah, right. You got to be graduating. So you're graduating. And it's only a guaranteed job for a year. So it's definitely what people would take as a maybe, and you'd quantify as a risk because. You might have a thirty-five or a forty thousand dollar job on the table, um, versus the job we're going to get. We pay you; you do get paid, but it's a year guarantee. But we do guarantee you is if you come in and you bust it, and even if you don't want to be in sales at the end of the day, we'll make sure you land in a spot that you want to be in. And with the connections that Fenway has, and the executive team that we have here, we have a ninety-nine point five percent placement rate post that's awesome yeah 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 so it's basically like all right yeah i might have a battle creek job lined up but uh you, you know you're you're going something for much bigger and yeah i would tell endeavors. i would tell people who have an interest in getting to an accelerated level of their career quicker it's a program that's the program for you so like let's let's just rattle off last year so last year we had a person go on one of the top pe- people's desks at caa um, the New York Jets in the corporate sales department, the LA Rams corporate sales department with the new stadium. Uh, one person stayed on uh, to help post their, their times up. Um, and one other person is close to working with the Celtics. So uh, in terms of getting your foot in the door in the business and then us helping you get your foot in the door to other opportunities and learning under some of the best people in this industry, it's, that's why the program has become kind of cutthroat. Yeah, I can imagine. It's one of the, uh, and I think no matter what, if there's other there's other programs like that, but you've got to, you know, you've got to basically give your best foot forward. As cliched as that sounds, I think, uh, uh, you know, it's if you want to go big, I mean, you got to go big. And uh, I think your program at Fenway is one of the uh, premier in all of sports. Yeah, it, it was. It's it's been going on for years now, and it's definitely evolved. It used to be a six month program, and we said by the time they get up at the speed, they're out. So it became a year long yeah. program. Um, and there's some people out there through this who are alumni that are in huge positions uh, very early in their careers that have accelerated. And it's it's also one of those things is once your year is up, we're not done with you. Like we're very very passionate about this in terms of making sure that we stay in touch and we'll help you throughout the rest of your career. It's not like, Hey, thanks for coming. See you later. Um, so it becomes a really great network for folks. And it's also a really great way for folks to, to ease into their career without having to make a full on commitment. Right. So you take a job, it's only a year you're getting paid. It's almost going to grad school, but getting paid is the way I would explain it. Well, it's better than shelling out, you know, 50 grand a year for grad school. I, wholeheartedly agree <laughs> do you ever go to grad school i did not i've thought i always thought about it and then but our industry like i just didn't know what it would be worth for our industry like yeah people people have accelerated unless unless it's the san diego state sports mba program 
Yeah, no, I, I think in terms of the now, but back, but I'm talking about more when you and I got into it. Like it was so yeah. little people with sports management programs in this country that it wasn't like as competitive. It was there was less opportunities. I think when you and I were were coming in because I, of, I, I agree with that. The world just wasn't as big, and the the industry wasn't. Sport as management big. was pretty new. It was very new. Fifteen I mean, years ago, that like you just didn't see what you would have back then for what a need would be to have a an MBA with sports. But I think now the way the world has evolved and the, and the data analytics and everything in terms of where this, the industry has gone, I completely see the value if, if that's an avenue you want to take, because there's so many different uh, opportunities that aren't just straight sales or marketing jobs that an MBA I think would be very useful. Yeah. The, um, and speaking of uh, San Diego state, um, I saw, I met our main man, Scott Minto, uh, out at a bar uh, while I was in San Diego as well. Did you take your lanyard off? I did. It was at a bar. Yes, <laughs> I had one lanyard on while I was in the job fair. And they didn't. They uh, they said uh, you gotta have the lanyard on to get up there. So I, I kept it on. I know you're you're a man who follows the rules. You took a photo with the lanyard. Oh, what? shut the hell up. <laughs> <laughs> they. Uh, but Scott was great. Um, he's a. Uh, he said he's coming back next year. Oh, great. So we've that. got a renewal. We got a renewal. Scott's a great guy. Did you tell him we double? Um, we d- we're going to be doubling the price based on our, our the how much reach that we we've got now across the world. Our he got, reach he got is going. Uh, yeah. Uh, by the way, I was looking at the download numbers. Like we're going to beat November in like a week. I I mean, hats kudos to you, going out to doing what you did when you were out there. I mean, you were, like you said, you were a content machine. Well, I, was, your, I told everyone your, your video, if, your new video skills, baking Christmas cookies. Like, let's let's talk about <laughs> talking to Alexa, my daughter. baking Christmas cookies. How about us on Alexa? I felt very cool when they uh, when Alexa said she uh, fired it right up. Features fired it right Popped up, right up, popped right up, and uh, Bezos. So Be- you know, Bezos knows all. Bezos knows all. Don't uh, worry about Bezos. You know, it's fu- yeah, knows, right. He, you know he knows everybody. So. Um, I had the idea of like we got to do something fun, and my it was my wife's idea to like bake fake Christmas cookies uh, for the video. I was like, well, this Alexa thing. She's the brains so behind then the operation. We did, so it was my wife's idea. Yeah, she's the and, brains. Uh, she's the brains behind the. Operation. She's the brains behind the family, of course, and the looks and everything else that's yep. positive. The, uh, but so we brought out all the bowls and we said we were going to bake Christmas cookies and uh, all this, and it was totally fake. But my daughter's three in that video. And so after we do the video, I was like, all right, we'll start putting the stuff down. My three-year-old daughter had a meltdown and thought we were not going to bake we were, because uh, we weren't baking Christmas cookies oh. because it was, it was fake. <laughs> so she's screaming and bawling and crying. And I'm like, all right, we'll bake Christmas cookies. <laughs> so we instantly went from doing nothing to then baking Christmas cookies to appease a three-year-old because she didn't understand that it was going to be fake Christmas cookies. Uh, so my wife had to, like, go out to the grocery store and get, like, you know, cookie stuff. Don't mess with a three-year-old and Christmas cookies. Yeah, she had a meltdown. Uh, but we saved the day, and then we made Christmas cookies. They ended up being pretty good. So Except uh, the last batch. Except the last batch. I forgot about them. And then it was like, what the hell's burning? Oh, shit, the uh, Christmas, Christmas cookies, cookies are. Yeah. What kind you make? Chocolate chip? Chocolate chip, yeah. We did just got the on the back of the Toll House little uh, bag. It tells you how to make them. Oh, nice. So, um, so speaking of, what's, uh, what's the Christmas plans? Christmas plans is uh, everyone comes down on Christmas Eve. 
Uh, my, my family comes down on Christmas Eve. I cook. I make homemade pasta. Uh, I make the dough. You make homemade uh, pasta for that? How many people? It'll probably be, I don't know, like Thanksgiving, uh, seven, eight, nine, something like that. That's a lot of pasta you're going to make. And you've, so you, you, what do you use, the KitchenAid roller? Or what do you, how do you do that? Yeah, the KitchenAid thing. And yep. then uh, I'll make uh, raviolis too. Oh, wow. Uh, and then I'll get a couple of lobsters and uh, I'll, uh, I make the lobsters and we'll pick on lobster during the day. Uh, and then, uh, uh, well, so yeah, we'll do that and then we'll go to church and then wake up Christmas morning and uh, uh, and then we go to Amy's parents in, uh, in Connecticut and they have a great party and everything on that night. So you do kind of you do a mix you do an Italian Christmas Eve kind of kind of some fish the seven fishes and some pasta yeah and I have z- not one drop of Italian blood I just like homemade pasta and lobster and I combine them and that's been the Christmas Eve tradition for I don't know a couple years that sounds like a great meal what about you going to Jersey or staying uh no so doing two the two Christmases first uh, Massachusetts. With my wife's family, and then head down to Jersey the Friday after that through New Year's. Um, so we'll do the two Christmases, one up here, one down there. So my kids get spoiled two times. Oh, good, good. That's good. We should do uh, a podcast at least somewhere between Christmas. Yo, and New yeah, yeah. Either from live we'll from one. the Jersey Shore, I can go fist bumping with Snooky, or um, bef- right before well, right before Christmas. Yeah, we'll 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 figure it out. We should, you know, what we should do is go have beer somewhere and do it in a bar. Yeah, I mean, you, now, can so, you have beers? Can I have beers? Yeah, because the fucking claw. I st- yes, I can use my other hand. You, <laughs> might, have, you might have to open it for me if it's a trick. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, I mean, I don't know if pills or anything. No, I've stopped taking. The, I've stopped taking the pills. Pretty much. I mean, they're just. They, they, I, they, you know, it's it's unfortunate too. Fortunate, unfortunate. So they they gave me opioids, the uh, oxys. Uh, not good. And uh, I I like they don't really do like painkillers don't do a lot for me. Like yeah. they even told me I had to take two because if I take one, I'm kind of just like yeah, it feels like a tunnel and I can still feel everything. So like oh, take two, and I'm like jeez, all right. I thought we were past this in the, in this country, but no. Luckily, I don't have that weird feeling of like wow, I need to get addicted to these because I don't. Yeah, that's good. I don't have a euphoric feeling when I take them. I kind of feel just like. Eh, not gr- yeah. Like, they don't make me like they're not something I want to take. So they don't make your head clear, right? I mean, you you always feel a little loopy. Feel, on them. Yeah, I feel loopy, but I don't feel like euphoric. Like there's some like so that's good. So I don't feel like I'd ever get addicted to them. But I'm like, well, aren't we past this now? Here with giving out opioids. I mean, just give me some Tylenol or I guess some ed- edibles at this point. So do something. <laughs> yeah, that, that'll work too. Massachusetts, you can Massachusetts. Massachusetts yeah, that'll make you feel good. Laugh a little bit. But um. Yeah, no, I, I can drink, so we can go have some beers. You might like you have to drive, and then you also have to open my beer. And if my shoe comes untied, you have to tie my shoe. So, God, you make hanging out with you sound like the worst. <laughs> it's, right now, it sucks. It does suck. I can't really. Oh, there's geez. nothing like when you have one hand. It's just when it's the other ones there. It's just kind of useless. But whatever. Um, there, there was something else I was going to say. Oh, uh, do you see the? So do you see sports business? Uh, journal named the best sports city this week nashville yeah yeah i i think nashville might be the best city in america so nashville awesome and i, I know that they do amazing with the preds. i don't know if it's the I best sports city but it's like a ton of fun to go to but the preds i mean the preds kill i didn't know the titans though really had a great 
huge following. I guess they do, but they, they always say like that the, until until Vegas uh, showed up, Nashville was the best home ice advantage in hockey because the players would go down there and go out on Broadway and be banged up for the time. games. But yeah, they, no, I uh, love Nashville. Nashville is great, but I, I wouldn't I call it. It's the best sports city. It was just. Hey, they uh, the minor league team there uh, kills it. The uh, Nashville Sounds, uh, they have a great ballpark and they absolutely crush it. They have a some giant holiday lights thing going on right now. They do a great job. And then um, another MLS team was announced. Speaking of Nat- Nashville's having some issues with their MLS team, but then another city announced an MLS team, Charlotte. Charlotte. Yeah, they. Uh, th- that'll be fun. That'll take it from the ground up. Are they building a stadium, or are they just going to pe- play at Bank of America Stadium? Uh, I'm not sure. I would imagine they're going to build and a stadium because I think the MLS wants to avoid as much as possible teams playing in football stadiums, unless Got they're it. like Seattle when they can fill up 70,000, or Atlanta when they can get 60,000. Because maybe, I don't know, maybe they'll just play in that stadium. But that, I mean, that's that's a really, that, that league, uh, they do a lot of great, stuff i mean we've worked closely with the red bulls and soccer in america is definitely growing and the epl is helping it on saturday morning so if if you're looking to break into an industry and have a really cool initiative and put something from a storytelling perspective on your resume i'd start reaching out to the mls folks down in charlotte if you're looking for a job because there's nothing quite like building a team from the ground up as you and i can both attest right the uh there's nothing like it and the mls you'll have a ton of resources to be able to do it um i would definitely start looking into who's running the team um and when they don't start wait for jobs to be posted right because there's so many there's too many jobs that aren't posted not going to be just posted on teamwork i mean you got to go and get them Uh, there's enough articles i'm sure right now where you could just google it and find a name that's in that article of who's involved and start reaching out to that person now saying hey when the time's right love to hop on the phone i'd love to be a part of this that's how it all happens uh and then if you're uh, john bishop from our nba podcast not too long ago hey i'm in the area i'm in the area his area was in freaking texas when he had to go to north carolina to durham uh, but he was quote unquote in the area, so. Um, and Charlotte's a cool. City. There's it. enough reason to go down to Charlotte. You could find a reason to be in Charlotte if you need to do. Also, Charlotte's an awesome city too. It really, it's really, it's it's, it was literally, I feel like, made for young professionals. So like, uptown you, Charlotte is awesome. You and I can't work there anymore. No, we're too old now. But it was made for if you go out and like, I was down there for the uh, NBA All Star game last year too, and like, that area with all the the bars and stuff stacked in that one area down there and. Yeah. Um, it's a really cool city. It's just, uh, yeah, uh, it's so good. I love Bank Shop. of America's headquarters there. So you're talking about you got definitely some financiers down there. So if you're looking to get into an industry and in the sports industry and do something from the ground up, head down to Charlotte. I agree. I think uh, I think Charlotte is. It's been booming. Uh, the MLS is uh, is one of these great teams. Oh, by the way, did you see? Um, Larry Friedman, our um, yeah, I did. chief business officer at LAFC, our second guest on Front Office Features, MLS Executive of the Year. Yeah, no. I mean, we're just making people's lives and careers. I mean, Garrett Cole, Executives of the Year. You come on Front Office Features. You're, you're a superstar. You've got, you've, got good, you've got good karma because I don't have it, so you're taking it from me. <laughs> We're just well, giving the good news it out. for you, 2019 ends in like two weeks. I am counting down the days. I can imagine. I can imagine. That's uh, that's great. Um, oh, and well, uh, I know this doesn't affect you because you're a weirdo. But um, <laughs> in what way? One of the most significant, probably pop culture events 
in I can, the history of movies is happening this week. I can tell you already, I don't care. I know. I know you don't care because you've probably never seen one, which is... What is it? Star Wars comes oh, out. Oh, Jesus. I, I literally... You know, you know who's a giant Star Wars fan? Me. <laughs> you and Marty J. Cordero. Well, Marty can come to the movies with me and you can stay well, home. He, he tried to get me to go. Marty, so Marty, it had, when I would go down to like his basement, had shelves from like the floor to the ceiling with action figures and like I don't know whatever the spaceships are called. Oh my everywhere. god! Everywhere, still in like the packaging and everything. You're not. Oh my godding, Marty! Oh my godding no, me that I call you. them spaceships oh my or something. God, you. <laughs> I don't freaking know, nor do I care. Uh, but Marty loves that stuff. He, if you look uh, Marty up on Instagram, uh, his like all of his pictures are pictures of toys in the packaging. So he's, Star Wars toys. So in the the, packaging. Some of them, if he's got them from when he was a kid, they're probably worth some good money. I used to have a bunch of those. I have. He used to. I have he used a, to eBay them. I have a still had. I gave it to my son now, but my wife, she hid it in the attic. A full, you know, do you know who R two D two is? You know the little, the you must, yeah, yeah. I, I know, I only know of this because yeah, you minor must, league teams do great on Star Wars. Yeah, you side. must, yeah. So I have like a full size toy box that I had from a childhood that I, I've, I still have. I gave to my son, trying to get him. He's only three, so trying to get him into Star Wars is still a challenge. But the the end of an era, it ends this week. The first, it comes out this week, and uh, what do you mean it ends this week? So the last movie ever for this. Saga. It's the it's the final one. It sounds. This just sounds complicated and hard. And I, there's yeah. there's nine there's, there's nine least, movies. There's, there's nine movies. There's nothing. I'd I, I would rather do Not nearly anything. anything else than go watch a Star Wars. Movie. Have you never seen a Star Wars movie? Nope. You, nope. Never from start to finish. Nope. <laughs> I mean, people have seen clips of like Luke. I am your father. I get it. Don't uh, spoiler people for you, you yeah, spoiler, don't spoiler alert. But no, I have no 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 and I have no ambition to. I don't care. I probably have more ambition which <laughs> we've been doing this for a few months now to watch an episode of The Office. I, I still haven't done that. And that's only a half hour long. <laughs> it's 20 it's only 22 <laughs> minutes long. 22 minutes long. Yeah. So if I'm not watching a 22 minute episode I, of The Office which I assume is very funny. It uh, is. It's, I'm sure it's being that you work down. in an office, you, you could at least I know you don't live in this outer space so star wars might not be your cup of tea <laughs> but you actually you are an alien you're definitely an alien so you you yeah. might be able to so you should uh, no, never mind I'm, I'm i'm not getting fired up we're at the end of the no mm-mm. it's christmas time i'm, <laughs> no, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna just let it go there's zero there's zero zero chance of me ever watching a star wars you <laughs> well we found the one yeah uh, not and uh, now i'm gonna do it out of I guess you never say never, but like, I don't know, a point one percent chance. I, I, don't, I mean, I you never can't. Like, you like, can't I now. Care. What's the point? You can't now. You didn't. You you skipped Game of Thrones. You've skipped Star Wars. Yeah, none of that. The only thing that I did get into that I might even consider rewatching is The Sopranos. Yeah, but that's that. That is the best drama all time on television. Yeah, The Sopranos was. Uh, when I was in college, it was we had Sopranos and Chinese food Sundays is when it would come on oh, at wow. HBO, and so we would get Chinese food and watch the Sopranos. I was in Vegas for the finale, and we set our alarm because we were it was the it came on at what five o'clock out five o'clock I think or six o'clock, Vegas time, um whenever it happened, and 
the last episode and, and I don't want to say because there's people who I know that are younger who haven't actually watched it who started watching now so I'm not going to ruin the last episode we were all like what the hell like we were calling down to the front desk being like what just happened um, <laughs> you were called down to the front desk yeah because we thought we thought the TV went out really <laughs> yeah but I don't wanna, I'll leave it at they, that because I don't want to I don't because I know there's actually people in my office going back and watching now for the first time because that's one of those things like you have to watch the Sopranos. Sopranos is one of uh, is one of those shows. I don't think that it gets uh, that doesn't you know doesn't age. No, it's timeless. You know I mean, you can watch it. You can timeless. Yeah, it's like I gotta watch. So you so you have, have you seen Goodfellas, the casino? Yes. So, uh, so Goodfellas, casinos. I've ha- I have gotten into. I did get. I did watch. So you're gonna watch the Irishman? Fifteen the new years one? ago. You're gonna watch the new one, the Scorsese one on Netflix. Uh, but I hear it's like three and a it's half three hours. And a half, it is three and a half hours. That's my pro- I haven't been on the time to watch. I, when the hell am I going to watch a three and a half hour movie? The time that I'd be able to, the time in which I would watch a movie would be when I'm sick and no one's at home. So my daughter's at daycare and my wife's at work and I would be like sick on a Wednesday. Yeah, that's but it's still three and a half hours. It's a long time. But yeah, it's a long time. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I can't imagine me doing it. So yeah, I mean Tony Soprano. Back to Sopranos. Uh, rest in peace, by the way. Yeah, rest in peace. They're making. They're making the. Actually, they're making that movie right. With the his son, his real son, is going to play him as young Tony Soprano, of like back in the day in Newark. Huh. So HBO. Well, I, uh, HBO's making. That I know movie. nothing about the insiders part of movies. If you say it, I take. it Yeah, as they're gospel. making that. So, so but Tony Soprano was the probably the biggest enigma. He's kind of like a Walter White in Breaking Bad. He was an absolute awful human being but you rooted for him right i don't know how the heck that they the it's insane just an it awful like, yeah. human being but terrible but person. everyone loved him and everyone rooted for him makes a great uh great character yeah great, great character, character. some of the uh you know paulie and christopher oh. some of those they, paulie the, the pine hilarious. barons the pine barons episode is one of the greatest oh my god <laughs> it's one of the funniest things ever <laughs> the russian uh, <laughs> <laughs> i need to go watch the oh, pine episode well. again well, let's let's go get a beer and do a podcast live. Uh, we gotta figure we out how to do, do that. that. We should do a live podcast. We we also need to get like a Google number so people can call in and leave voicemails that we can answer. We need more interact. We need more interaction. Yeah, I do. I agree with that. I think uh, I was thinking about that too. Our social has been one way. We need to get more people in, engaged and talking about that. I think that's a uh, you know people's got to start making New Year's resolutions. We're kind of new at this. I mean, hell, we've only been doing it since uh, Labor Day. So September, October, November, December on our fourth month, um, and uh, we got to start getting some uh, some more engagement. The one thing I will say though, it's been getting tough, um, is getting. It takes a lot of time and effort to get guests every week. I'm not sure I'm going to have the bandwidth as we kind of get closer to baseball season to get a guest every week. Yeah, no, and I think long as I mean. You know what's funny is we, you and I have talked about this. We looked at the numbers. People want to hear from us. <laughs> Our number downloads typically end yeah. up being the best for the week. I mean, unless we get like Matt Ferry and have drop a Yankee Matt Ferry, bomb. Yeah, on he people. did great. His social stuff went nuts. So I mean, like yeah. people were. They, it was it was, was perfect one. timing based on Garrett Cole, the Yankees, and all that stuff. So um, I wish I I wish I uh, I wish he would have gave me like some insight. Have been like, yeah, man, we're gonna go sign Garrett Cole. We're gonna go throw a boatload of money. He, he told me he told me nothing, literally nothing. Three hundred and twenty-five million dollars. Good for him. He's, his press conference is tomorrow. I mean, I, I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine being paid three hundred twenty-five million dollars to throw a baseball every five days. <laughs> it's just awesome. Good for Garrett Cole. Good for him. All Good because, all because of the money that we help generate for the sport. It's all because there of we that. go. 
It's all, all, it's all, it all gets back to the sports business. Yeah. Uh, hi, my friend. I think we talked enough tonight. We haven't talked in a while, so we're going extra time. Yeah, tonight. we had to catch up. We had a lot of catch, catch up. up. I, I, I stayed off the pills for everyone's enjoyment. Now maybe next time I'll take <laughs> them and we'll see where that goes. <laughs> that, that, that would be even better. Um, all right. Well, uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever else is going on at this time of year. Happy holidays. Uh, but we'll definitely do one between Christmas and New Year's. You agree? I definitely agree. All right. Hi, man. I'll talk to you later. Later. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Metric's second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.